It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. Glad to be coming to you on a Monday, uh, Monday, January 18th. Uh, the LA Galaxy deep into preseason mode, as we say almost every time here on Corner of the Galaxy. So a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of things we want to touch on. MLS draft, uh, some player rumors, little updates here and there about Pavone, and some other things we want to talk about and get you through it. To help me do all that is the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? All right. Hey, I guess you're going to explain this to somebody or everybody at one at some point. But I can see you now on my computer. Um, usually, I just hear the melodious, uh, dulcet tones of Josh Gessman. Now I can see you, and this is the first time I have seen you since the Galaxy's last regular season game. Uh, you got a haircut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yesterday, I got a haircut. That was that yeah. was how 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 long ago it was. Um, I don't particularly think I did a very good job. If anything, it's 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 taught me, Kevin, that I have less hair than I thought I did, which is a little bit of an ego uh, bump. And I was gonna wear a hat for about a week in order to make myself feel better, but uh, you know, it, it, you you live, you learn. It, it's fine. It is what it is. Um, I could loan you some hair. Yeah. You, you could. You have a lot. You have a lot of hair. So, but you know, the other thing with this is with you at the microphone, you keep reaching down to touch buttons and stuff. You look like a DJ. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I, I don't, don't where, where are we on DJs right now? I feel like well, sometimes with the, with, the, with the hair and the sweater, I think you're probably doing polka music. If you are a DJ, the, there's, I mean, you're probably you like a polka guy. Yeah. You're probably not a hundred percent wrong. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, Hey, you, you got to survive right now. Um, I, if I could DJ and make some money, I would do that, Kevin. I mean, I got, I got some mad grooves. I got the spice girls lined up next coming to you at the top of the hour. We got the spice girls followed by the Jonas brothers, followed by, uh, but by polka, 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 and, and Hanson to figure it all out, uh, to, to sort of, uh, iron or, or, or string it all along. But, um, but you know, the other thing is because we're recording this video and audio, which some people get one of each. We're operating without a safety net. This is like Saturday Night Live. It's it's so cute that you think this is operating without a safety net when we're recording. I screw up. When we're recording, and yet every Thursday night I do a live show where we're live on the on the internet and can screw up a million times. And that's but this is this is the part that makes you nervous. We're gonna have to get you used to like being live, I guess. Hey, I, I'm a you know I'm a writer. I'm not a 
radio or TV guy. My most important button is the delete button. Backspace delete. <laughs> yeah. That's the one I use more than any other. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get that one on here right now. That's for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's get to some LA Galaxy news, at least a, a little bit. I mean, um, nothing breaking, nothing magical since last Thursday in the live show. Um, you know, Eric and I were talking about Jonathan Bond signing. We were talking about, um, you know, uh, Klinsman re-signing. You talked about uh, Via Fania and stuff. And, you know, last Monday, Kevin, you and I, uh, and specifically you were predicting exactly when the LA Galaxy were going to make the announcements and Via Fania was right on time. Uh, Jonathan Bond was a day later, but not surprising considering the political events that were going on um, on that, I think, Wednesday. And so now uh, I think that came out on Thursday that Bond was announced. And so everything now sort of uh, simmering in and and you had talked about re-signing Jonathan Klinsman. So really, we have nothing to talk about. You've already covered all that stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, let's just move on. We talked about the women's national team game today. No, no, they won, it, they beat Columbia four to nothing. I, I watched. Uh, I watched some of that, and and, and the, they had fans there. They did have in Orlando, right? Yeah, in Orlando, uh, they were limited to four thousand. I was told that they weren't going to get anywhere near that, and and from the pictures I saw, the stands probably right, but maybe twenty five hundred. You know, the American Outlaws who go the the men's team is going to play a game in Orlando this month as well. The American Outlaws have said that they respect U.S. Soccer's right to sell tickets. They understand why they're doing that. Fans who want to go, fine. But the American Outlaws are not behind us. They they think it's dangerous, or or at least uh, they don't want to uh, you know tell their fans to go to these games until the coronavirus is gone. Right. And uh, I thought that was a pretty mature approach for them to take saying, look, if you want to go, it's your decision. We as a group are not going to, uh, to, to sponsor tailgate parties and, and, and uh, you know, we're not going to sell tickets to the game. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, a, a reasonable measured approach. I think that's fine. Uh, when you look at everything that's sort of going on, you know, I, I have real hope for, you know, after the summer and into fall, Kevin, that we're going to be able to finally see, um, you know, uh, people in the stands and and do and, and get back to Galaxy games, you know, sort of the way that they were supposed to be made. But um, certainly with everything that's going on around uh, COVID right now and and just the, the death toll and everything that's stacking up, I, I feel like we're getting further and further away from that um, than, you know, getting closer to that. I mean, is 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 that how you feel that way as well? It feels like we're not exactly move yet, not moving in the right direction yet. No, I just don't feel like, I mean, it, it seems to be heading in the right direction. If this is the, the Christmas surge, then it seems to be ebbing just a little bit. But, you know, what about for the summer when you think about U.S. national team stuff? And it affects the Galaxy in some way, Sebastian Legette, of course, the national team. Um, and Julian Araujo would probably be on the Olympic team. I'm not sure, sure the Olympics are going to happen. Uh, Japan has only lost, uh, only had 40, only I understand only is a bad term to use here, but they've had 4,500 people die from COVID. The U.S. has lost that many in a day. Right. But the Olympics are in Tokyo. That's a city of 38 million people in an area about the size of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, only 16% of the Japanese people now want the Olympics to come this summer. They're, they're afraid about welcoming the world to a city that size, that crowded, with this new strain of coronavirus, the, the one that is now, uh, you know, uh, super contagious, they're not quite sure they, they really want the world to come to Tokyo this summer. And they, they've spent something like $24 billion with a B uh, on preparing for the games. Right. Um, this could get really dicey. And I, I, I'm i not sure where I at, – yes, at some point we have to get back to normal. And if things are 
heading in that direction. Maybe we can think about the Olympics. On the other hand, I'm sitting here saying it's just a game. Is it worth anybody's life? And we're finding out now that even people that survived the coronavirus sometimes have heart problems. Uh, they have brain problems, all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, extra side effects that follow after they are, quote unquote, healed from the coronavirus. Well, uh, you know, uh, along the cheery news section of the uh, the podcast here today, uh, we, we do have a, a listener and, and, and a friend of the show, uh, David. Uh, and and if you go on Instagram, David Soto, he, he, he sort of an announced himself. So I, I'm not outing him or anything like that. Um, but David and his dad used to come to Galaxy Games all the time, especially early on in the podcast. I want to you know, maybe in the 2010s and in the 2011s, that type of thing. I have met David. I have met his dad many times. Um, and, and David tweeted out, and I, I saw that it had happened, and I didn't know exactly how he was going to, um, you know, announce it. But but David's dad passed away. Um, and so... For COVID, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe that's correct. correct. And, and, and so David's asking for help um, for a GoFundMe. Uh, if you go to Corner of the Galaxy um, or, or Galaxy Podcast on Twitter, you will see uh, the retweets that we have there and, and sort of uh, talking about David. If you can, um, and I know everybody's in a different situation, so I'm not going to make any assumptions. And certainly you do what you can when you can. Um, but if you can help David out, I, I think, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a good guy. I can vouch for him. Um, and his dad was a, was a really nice guy. Um, I met him a couple times. Uh, didn't speak much English, and that didn't never seem to stop him from uh, from communicating some of the excitement that he had uh, with me uh, about the LA Galaxy or different things. So he was a he was a great guy, um, and so hopefully uh, you know you can help out if you can. That's all. Uh, but David, you know, from all of us here, and, and I know I said on Twitter, but you know we're, we're sorry for your loss. And if you need anything, let us know, and 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 we're there for you. I know the Galaxy uh, family out there is already chipped in in a major way as well. Um, so David trying to to raise some money to help with some of the uh, the costs there. Um, so yeah, uh, it, like I said, just to start the show off on a, a completely uh, sort of somber note, but we'll we'll build into it. We'll get back to some soccer and some other things that we want to talk about. But uh, yeah, so that's that's the state of uh, that's the state of play, as they say, uh, right now for the LA Galaxy and 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 MLS fans and fans and, and people in the United States. Kevin, it's 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 a reality. Things are happening out there and around you. Wear a mask. I'm sure David. And his father would tell you to wear a mask. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't think that's... I, I've never thought that was a controversial statement. But some other people think that, so that's okay. Um, so we get to the LA Galaxy now. And, and listen, there are some rumors that are sort of swirling around. Um, the LA Galaxy, if you look at their roster, have 20 of 30 spots filled. Kevin, we've talked about this a bunch. Um, they have... Uh, four of eight international slots used. They have two of three designated player spots, and I believe they have five right now homegrown players that are on the list as well. So uh, they have a you know a roster that's starting to build out, but when you look at the 10 uh, roster spots that are currently available, for me, Kevin, I'm still sitting there saying that there is a sizable hole there for the LA Galaxy, where there's still a lot of starters and some difference makers, there's probably out of those 10, there are probably three or four significant player additions that need to happen for the LA Galaxy. One is a designated player. Um, and then you're looking at possibly a second striker. Uh, there's rumors about a central attacking midfielder coming in as well. And, you know, we'll talk about some of those, although I'll tell you right now, um, I always think it's really easy for reporters, Kevin, and I know you've been in this situation a lot, um, and I have been in this situation. It's really easy for us reporters to go out there and crow about how we always know the information and how, oh, yeah, well, we know all about this and how that's all going on. It's pretty quiet now um, in terms of <laughs> some of the rumors that are out there. 
I can I can confidently say that out of uh, any of the new signings that could possibly be coming in, Kevin, I I don't have any inside track on what's going to happen. I'm sure that will unveil itself here in the future. But as of right now, lots of crickets, more more cricket chirps than anything else. Well, we've talked about this in the past. And when you look at the rumors and you look at these open spots, I think what you do, number one, is say, does that make sense? Does it fit? Is that a need? Can they can the team put this together? And this is any team, not just the Galaxy. And we'll talk about that designated player spot and, and a couple of the, the the rumors that we're hearing and whether or not they make sense. I think that's where you start off first. When you hear people say, oh, Angel de Maria is coming or uh, Ozil is coming, you know, does that make sense? Can they afford those guys? A lot of times you can just dismiss those rumors before they even take off. But when you look at where the Galaxy is, as you said, 20 players signed. There's still plenty of room to grow. They still have uh, you know, a lot of open spots. Uh, they have four international spots open. That's very helpful. For right now, they have a DP spot open. That's helpful. There's a lot of room to grow. There's a lot of uh, um, flexibility here. Um, it looks like the back line is set. That right. could be good or bad, depending. Um, they, you know, I think there's four solid starters across the back. Maybe they can do a little bit in depth. I think maybe you know, uh, people is probably, I would say, is, is, is the depth guy right now probably need to add maybe one or two other people there. There's, I'm not so sure that the goalkeeper situation is great, but there is competition. Right. Jonathan Bond, you know, they got two Jonathans, probably the only team in the league with two Jonathans in goal. And so there'll be competition there for the starting spot. That's always good. You want that competition. But like you said, the rest of the team really doesn't fit. They have some pieces in the midfield. I'm not sure they have enough. Um, you know, Chicharito needs a running mate up front. If Pavone doesn't come back, they need somebody to sort of uh, – they need a point guard to sort of run the offense a little bit. Um, you know, so I don't think Sebastian Legit necessarily does uh, – is is the guy you want doing that. Um, so I – you know, there's, there's plenty of room to grow, but there's at least as many questions as there are answers beyond the defense right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, and there was a big discussion in the Discord, and I, I seem to be always running up against people whenever I tell them that – I think the LA Galaxy and their defense, you know, at least right now, Kevin, looking at it is, you know, uh, is going to be uh, Julian Araujo, uh, Dan Steres, Pipo Gonzalez in the center, and then, you know, Viafania on the left. And and I, I would argue Dupuy would probably start over people. See, and that would be most of the time. This is whenever I said that would be where you're incorrect. Um, you know, that's <laughs> that, that's. I was going to say that's that's usually whenever you, you it, we we can disagree on some of the stuff. The the reason that it's not true in my mind right now um, is is a simple reason, and it's because the L.A. Galaxy are spending a significant amount of money for people Gonzalez in the six hundred thousand dollar range. And you and I argue about this all the time. It's like, well, it doesn't matter once they're on your payroll, they're on your payroll, whether they're sitting on the on the bench or anywhere else, right? I get that, um, but. I also think that you and I and Dennis and anybody else who made the deal for People Gonzalez thought that that was a good move at the time. And I still think that if you go back and pull the trigger on that whenever you were supposed to pull the trigger, Kevin, that you're going to make that decision every single time. So is it a matter of People Gonzalez not living up to the hype um, of that signing, meaning, you know, not reaching the echelons that he's supposed to, or was it a matter of him not being put in a position to succeed? And he's a little bit older now, so maybe he needs a little bit better of, of a position to succeed. And I would say that the LA Galaxy defense under Game Rivera Scalotto was never set up in any particular way to succeed. And so in my mind, uh, in, in the general scheme of things, you look at Chicharito, who underperformed his contract, and you're expecting 
great things out of him this year. He's been working out. Uh, he's been engaged with the LA Galaxy and the fans and everything. So you're looking at Chicharito and saying, okay, that guy's coming back this year and he's going to have an impact. The other guy who, in my mind, is going to have the big impact this year that maybe people aren't expecting is People Gonzalez. And I don't think that that's something that is outrageous or crazy. Uh, People Gonzalez is a talented defender, has played all over the world, has played in Major League Soccer before and was a really good one. Uh, And he may have one year left on his contract, but as far as I'm concerned, that's going to be a good year for him. Um, so, So that's my take on People Gonzalez. He's worth a lot of money. Um, and if you're going to get somebody said, suggested buying out the contract, Kevin, right? Buy out people's contract. Cause it's $600,000. Well, it's $600,000. And then it's whoever you're going to pay to come in. Let's say you buy somebody else for $600,000. Now you spent $1.2 million on a position where really you should have probably been spending about $600,000 and you already had it. So for me, people is the guy who is going to be the success story, uh, in 2021 because he makes the money and he, he, he knows how to play defense. I know he does. It'll be interesting to see what Greg Vanny does with him because he did play much better after Dominic Kinnear came in. And whether it was a communication thing with Guillermo, that seems strange to me because Guillermo was the guy that really wanted him. You would have thought that if he was going to bust his butt for anybody, it would have been for Guillermo. But he did seem to play much better when Dominic came in and Guillermo left. Um, so, you know, there is that, you know, can Greg Vanny get the best out of him? He it, it, it seemed to me that there were just lapses where times he just – failed to concentrate and and he got himself into bad positions and was beaten uh, j- just so that we're clear on the other thing what we've talked about before is people's making about six hundred thousand. i don't know what nicholas dupuis makes i'm guess you know maybe a hundred thousand just for the sake of argument say it's a hundred thousand so you have two players for your left center back position and you've invested seven hundred thousand in them if you play the guy that's making the most money because as you said that's why we signed him and he makes a mistake you lose a game having paid $700,000 for your left center back. If you if you play Nicholas and there's a shutout and you win, you've won a game paying 700,000 for your left center back. So that that's where I fall on that on that payroll thing. You can't change your payroll um, but you put the the best players in the field regardless of what they're making. And I, I understand your argument and I agree with it. When you give these guys the big bucks, you know, they you need to give them every chance they have to go out and earn it. But I just haven't seen that yet from from people. Uh, and, I, and I thought Nick had a really good season last year up until, say, mid-October. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's fits and starts for, for all this. The the LA Galaxy defense ha- did not succeed under Gamera Bereshkoloto, and we all know that. Um, but in 2019, that made more sense because you had Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Kevin, and basically the idea was get the ball to Zlatan and let him score goals, and that was your game plan, and it worked more often than not because Zlatan's a freak of nature, scored another two goals, by the way, today um, over in, in Syria uh, with AC Milan. Um, I, I think I saw a stat, and I don't know if this is true, but but uh, AC Milan have not lost whenever Zlatan has been on the field. Um, and he's been out with injuries and some little things that have some games with COVID. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So when he's been out, they've lost games, but whenever he's been there, they haven't. And, uh, he had another brace anyway, freak of nature is Latan Ibrahimovic. Um, but the idea in 2019 was 
balls to the wall, Kevin, we're going offense only because it's what it's what's best for the team. And you can understand that in the L.A. Galaxy realistically, um, you know, should have rode that all the way into the playoffs and, and a little bit further. So they did a, they did what they were supposed to do in terms of how they were set up. But the defense was never set up to succeed in that. The defense was going to give up goals because they were committing too many guys forward. Central midfield was getting forward. There was no tracking back. So you knew the Galaxy were open on the counterattacks. They did the same thing in 2020 without the offensive threats. And that's why 2020 was a horrible year compared to 2019 where they made the playoffs. In my mind, no tactics changed for Guillermo Barrascoloto. And you could even argue that the team is worse in 2020. It was. I think it, there were some steps down that maybe you lost guys like uh, Fabio Alvarez and, you know, and Tuna, who I think had some impact on the LA Galaxy. Maybe not great ones. Uh, Polenta, again, maybe not huge impacts, but certainly some impact. Dave Romney. Dave Romney. Um they, those things all mad, all mixed together in my mind to sort of give you that stuff, Kevin. So I, I, I get it and I see it, but the LA Galaxy defense has not been set up to succeed. And so I imagine, and it is my guess, that Greg Vanny is going to come in and he's going to set up this defense for success because he's about setting up the entire um, you know, field for success and not just being this one-dimensional team. And the Galaxy have been one-dimensional for a very long time. So what position did Greg Vanny play when he was a player? Defense. Yep. There you go. So, I mean, you know, and we talked about it whenever he was on the show, um, you know, about defenders and what is it about defenders that make good coaches? And it's, you know, it's the, and having played defense at no particular level, I can, I can attest to this. Obviously Uh, I can see the same thing that the professionals say that uh, you see the field, uh, you know, Greg Berhalter and I once had a conversation about this as well, whenever he was still with the LA galaxy, um, he goes, you know, you see the field from back there. You know what everybody has to do. You can see where the dis- where the mistakes are made, where the successes are. You can see how things move from that position. It's why if goalkeepers weren't so crazy, they would probably make great, great uh, coaches as well. Well, you're right. It's why there's so many great managers in baseball that are catchers. It's the only position where you see the entire field. Um, and when you look at the great managers that were defenders, you know, Bruce Arena was a goalkeeper. Right. I don't know how crazy, crazy he is. He's but, crazy. Yeah. But Greg Vanny was a defender. Pep Guardiola was a uh, holding midfielder. Uh, Jurgen Klopp was a defender. Uh, all these, you know, the vast majority of the guys who have been great coaches have been defenders or at least holding midfielders. So uh, they, again, they are, they're, they're the ones that have to transition too. You see a lot of defenders that also get involved in the attack. Um, so, you know, they understand both cons- both ends of the game. Guillermo Berescoloto, as good as he was in Boca, and, and you know, I'm not going to be this guy that's going to rip him forever because he came here with a really good resume and just didn't work out. But for the sake of this conversation, he was a striker. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, I, you know, there's, there's successful strikers as managers too. It's just, there's You're always, yeah, there's always, uh, I thought you said successful. Never mind. <laughs> um, and anyway, so, so no, I mean, you go, you go through these things and you look at it. And I think that really the LA Galaxy, look at the central midfield. I, there's a part of me, Kevin, and I would love to just run this test and you're, it's impossible. We could never do it. But the experiment I'd really like to run is play that 2020 team. And give them Greg Vanny with different tactics and an understanding of where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are. And let Greg Vanny figure stuff out instead of what we saw from Guillermo Verascoloto, which was run more, run faster, attack more, attack faster. And you didn't have the horses to do that in 2020 versus 2019. Um, You could see that. So for me, those are like, that's why I am more optimistic on the defensive side about not a lot of things changing because you've added Viafania. 
to the back line right now. That's it. Um, can you tell me that's a much better uh, LA Galaxy defense? On paper, you would say that it's probably the same because Insua provided stuff going forward. Viafania is going to provide stuff going forward. All these things are are sort semi equal in their in their ways, Kevin. So um, I'm not sure you could sit there and say that there was a whole bunch of of great things that have come so far to the defense in terms of upgrades in the offseason. Um, and even if they get another right back, right? Because we're expecting that they need another right back. You need a borderline starter for a right back because Julian Araujo is going to be gone. So you need somebody who's going to need, who's going to be playing some minutes and you need somebody to be able to back them up. And you probably need somebody who's a little bit more of a veteran. Um, so that way you can sort of help Araujo keep developing all these things. That's a, that's a difficult mix of things to sort of put together and place on this LA galaxy team. But even if you do that, how much does that change the starting lineup? It doesn't. So I am feeling somewhat confident going into the season in 2021 with a back line that is largely unchanged. Is, is that crazy? Is that one of those, you keep doing the same thing and, and you bet, you know, now you're insane. You, you're expecting different results. Well, you know, I liked Insua, as you know, I thought Insua had a great season, but Viafania is a, offensive minded left back. He's really good with crosses, left footed crosses. I think you'll see a lot of uh, service into Chicharito and that's probably what he was brought in for. And, you know, and Sua maybe not quite as dynamic on the crosses as Biafani, but you know what I was just thinking about? It, it seems like a hundred years ago, you know who the services were going to at the beginning of last season? Katai. Katai. Yep. Yep. Doesn't it seem like it was a hundred years ago that that Katai was on the team? Yeah, and, and not, it was less than a year ago. Yeah, not only that, but whenever you look at, I mean, you know, we were getting ready for a preseason last year. We didn't know we weren't going to be able to get to see, see game. We we're going to get one game at home uh, for everybody to sort of see, and then nothing uh, for the for the rest of the year. Um, and Katai, by the way, had a was really interesting because he had a lot of early chances. Uh, that were missed in games, but he was like leading the team in shots whenever uh, they eventually separated and, and parted ways there. So, um, yeah, I mean, that you can look at a lot about the 2020 team and you knew that some stuff was going to happen. And and that's, you know, it, it, did, it is. Did, did you know that last year was the only year in LA Galaxy history in which the Galaxy did not score a goal for their home fans? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a, yes, because there was only one game and they didn't score any goals. Nothing, yeah. I can see that. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's where we sort of look at that. Now, let's get to some of these rumors because it's going to lead us into some other things as well. Um, can we start by saying that I have almost zero faith in any of the rumors I'm about? Is that is that bad that I'm going to talk yeah, about but, things? But, uh, on that one on Giovinco, going back to what we started out uh, talking about at the beginning, it may be one that doesn't happen and it may be far-fetched, but this is one where I can make an argument that all the pieces fit together. And so it's probable or possible, not possible. probable. Yeah, possible. yeah, possible. So Sebastian uh, Jovinko uh, to the LA Galaxy is a rumor that has been out there. Um, it is starting to, again, build momentum. Uh, one of the guys who used to cover the LA Galaxy for Time Warner, Cable Deportes, Elmer Sousa, who's a good uh, friend of mine. It was good to talk to him. Um, I reached out because he is uh, talking about the Giovinko, and, and so he has put out that he has a source that says that the LA Galaxy could be close to signing. Um, I don't know how realistic that is. I'm still not hearing any chatter, which is unusual. If Giovinco was coming back, I would imagine I would hear something, Kevin. Um, but at the same time, things bypass me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a god. The, the LA Galaxy don't have to get my approval to sign anybody. Do they need your approval, Kevin? Do they? Do they ever ask for your approval? They almost always do, and, oh. and I'll, 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 they didn't want to do this a lot of times. I had to talk them into that. You, you had to. Well, go. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good for you, Kevin. All right. Um, so anyway, Sebastian Giovinco, now 33 years old. Um, he is sort of a second striker, central attacking midfielder. If you're talking about a player the LA Galaxy could need, the central attacking midfielder slash second striker to play underneath Chicharito is one that is at the top of, of one of my, you know, needs and lists. And, you know, some people say, well, Sebastian Legette plays there. This is true. We've talked about this. Maybe Sebastian Legette needs to move out wide to the right where the LA Galaxy currently don't have anybody. Uh, if you get Christian Pavone back, you know, we could, we could talk about sort of the, the different things, but it is a position of need. Uh, there is familiarity there because of Greg Vanny in Toronto um, and, and Giovinco having played for Toronto from 2015 to 2018. If I, yeah, for four seasons. It uh, was the league MVP in 2015. I mean, this guy has a really amazing uh, resume. He was absolutely dominant in Major League Soccer. I understand that was that was some time ago. Um, but at the same time, He's in Saudi Arabia playing for a team right now. You could bring him back to to L.A. and to Major League Soccer, and that's not a stretch. All those things at least make sense to me. Is that is that where you're where, sort of how you're yeah. connecting dots? And more. They have an international spot open, which he would need. Um, you say there's one DP spot open. He might not need to be a DP. And the reason he wouldn't need to be a DP is he's making his market value now, according to transfer market, is about $4.4 million. Um, the Galaxy will have a DP spot open next season. So if they were able to bring him in for uh, get him under uh, with allocation money, say do as a lot ton thing. Hey, we'll give you a, a million dollars this year, and we'll give you five million next year. That's two years, six, uh, you know, two years, three million dollars a year. Would you do that? Um, you know, I think he might be open to something like that. So the finances can work. There's a roster spot that works. There's a need for him, as you said, pairing him with Chicharito. Um, you know, that was one thing. Chicharito was on an island last year. I don't think he works as a single striker. I think he needs some help because he's pretty much a poacher and he needs to have somebody else with him in the box. Giovinco would do that. Um, yeah, he's 33. This is not a long-term thing. We talked about it before. Uh, Fanny is going to build a uh, foundation of a young team. That's what he's going to do. It's a two to three year project. But as you said, he needs to win now. He needs maybe not win an MLS Cup, but he needs to show progress. Giovinco coming in for a year or two works both sides of that. It, it allows you to plan for a future because he's only going to be here a couple of years, but it allows you to have a chance to win now. So he ticks all those boxes. Another box he ticks, we talked about this as well. Greg Vanny has already brought in at least two coaches that he had with him in Toronto, people he's familiar with. You know he's going to bring in some players that he's familiar with. We've seen that all over MLS. Uh, you know, Bruce Arena just did that in New England, bringing in uh, A.J. De La Garza we, uh, and, and Emma Boateng. We saw him do that here. Uh, we've seen uh, Chad Marshall follow Ziggy Schmidt all over MLS. So, you know, all of this seems to add up. He can fit in, in the roster with the uh, for the roster slot, the international roster slot. He could fit in financially with a little bit of creativity. Uh, Greg Vanny knows what he can do. He fits in the team as far as the style of play and the need that they have on the field right now. Um, and he's, as you said, he's playing in Saudi Arabia. It's not like he's coming from the Premier League or the Bundesliga. Um, he knows MLS. He knows what it's about. He knows what he's getting himself into. He probably looks at it as a slight step up from Saudi Arabia. Um, I think it might be appealing to him. I, the, the one thing that might be bad in that is, you know, you're going back to what you just left. The idea right. of, you know, you broke up with your girlfriend and now you're going back to her because you can't find somebody better. Um, so that 
strikes me as one thing that he may need to get by mentally on his own. But he had success with Greg Vanny. I, I could see them wanting to have a reunion. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. But as we talked about earlier, when you look at these rumors, does it work? Does it fit? Do, do all the uh, stars line up? And I think in this case, they do. Yeah, I just... I would like some sign from above that this is this is something that is is possible before people get too excited about it. I mean, a lot of this seems to be fueled by people sort of uh, doing the same thing that we're doing, Kevin, which is does it make sense? Who do they know? Where's the connection? We talked about Victor Vasquez, um, about somebody who possibly might come back and, and he still wants to play for Greg Vanny. And, you know, of course, he, it's in L.A. and, and Vasquez could come back. Um, all those things. That's a possibility. That makes sense. Um, they're older players and, and you could do that. But are you telling me that Giovinco doesn't have two years left? I don't know because I haven't watched him in Saudi Arabia. So saying that, you know, I'm not the scout. I'm not in charge of figuring out whether or not. I'm just saying that a guy who's so dominated Major League Soccer for, for, for the, you know, the four seasons that he was in and he was a dominant finger, uh, figure for Toronto. Um, but seeing that and knowing that, it seems like a guy who could come back in L.A. and and make an impact at a position that they have not had in a very long time. Uh, and it's somebody they need. So, I mean, that's part of it. The, the big thing is that I think most people are going to automatically assume, Kevin, is that he's going to come in as a designated player. And I think you do a good job explaining how you don't necessarily have to make that happen. Um, and, you know, it, it's there's ways to make these things work out. And I think if people pay... Uh, a little bit of attention, you could see that. So, you know, that leads us to if he's not a designated player and he is a targeted allocation money player, um, which the LA Galaxy, I believe, only have two players right now uh, that are on targeted allocation money. Yeah, uh, People Gonzalez, Sebastian Legette are the only two TAM players. So you would imagine that there is significant amount of room for a targeted allocation money player to be brought in um, underneath that max cap. I think we're at like 1.8 now um although i can't tell anymore because the cbas and what's been adopted <laughs> that makes it very difficult for teams to 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 work with the salary cap because they don't know what they have to to work with and by the way you did a great job of laying out the roster 20 20 players four international slots all that kind of stuff we don't know what they where they are in the salary cap because those figures are never released we don't know if they have any money to spend or if they need to get rid of money. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, un, I mean, it's largely understood that Portland offloaded, um, uh, uh, Villafania because he was an expensive contract and they were, they had a replacement in mind and they were going to go ahead and move it and salary cap and all that sort of thing. That's why two draft picks changed hands and it didn't really matter. Um, nobody really cared about that. It was all about offloading, um, salary and a salary dump to the LA galaxy, which is good because they need, you know, the, the skills that Viafania brings and he's coming home. So it's a hometown thing. So there's a lot of good things in that. And that's why that deal works so well. It's always nice when things work well for both sides, which is what a trade usually is supposed to do is making things work out. So, but they had to make up that, that draft pick thing, right? Because they need to exchange something of value. Both teams wanted that to happen. They didn't necessarily need to exchange anything, but MLS says you got to do something. Yeah, sometimes it's like $50,000 in general allocation money. Like if you ever see the the blank 50, it's because MLS says something has to change hands here. You guys got to make a make a deal. But the draft pick changes, and we'll talk about the draft here um, in just a couple minutes. But, uh, you know, you look at that now and you say, okay, well, that still leaves them room to go out and get Christian Pavone, right? I mean, and... My update on Thursday was, and if you missed it, uh, you should go back and listen to that show. I think there was a, there was some good stuff in there, but the Thursday show was that uh, the LA Galaxy are still interested in Christian Pavone, that they're waiting, that they're being patient about the allegations against him, uh, that they are trying to do 
their best to ferret out what is the truth of the uh, of the sexual assault allegations uh, going on. And listen, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that some of this may be, you know, a, a bit of a uh, a, a wild goose chase. Um, and it's, as I've said before, it's a big risk for the LA galaxy if they get this wrong, Kevin. But, um, I think everybody is, is sitting there saying that there's a good chance that the galaxy and everybody will be able to work this out and that the, um, and and that they'll still be able to acquire Christian Pavone and everything's going to work out. Okay. There seems to be some optimism on that side. Well, what I'm hearing is that the, some people in the galaxy front office feel like there could be I don't know the the best word extortion is the one I can come up with that this woman may be uh, that the charges may not be true and that she is trying to somehow extort something from Christian Pavone. Um, uh, Christian Pavone has already said he doesn't want to go back and play at Boca. Um, so in his mind, he's moving on somewhere. Whether it's a, he wants to come to the Galaxy, Europe might might be an option for him at some point. But it's a very difficult position for the galaxy to, to be in because you cannot come out and say it's just sexual assault. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's, it's a, a huge, huge deal. deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. You and, and you're right. You can't get this wrong. So you can't say we're taking the player side. At the same token, I've heard people in the galaxy say, we don't want to destroy this guy's career because somebody made a charge against him. We need to check this out. That's important too because your 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 players are looking at this and players in MLS are looking at this. Does the Galaxy have our back when we're really up against it and we're telling the Galaxy, look, it's not true. Believe me, it's not true. Do they have my back? Now you could go back to the Katai thing and say they cut bait on that. That was a totally different thing. Uh, Katai even admitted that from the start. There was no argument to be had there. There was very little gray area there. This is a difficult one for the Galaxy. You can't say sexual harassment doesn't matter because it does, it's huge, and you'll get pilloried for that. But at the same token, you can't show your players that you're going to cut bait at the first sign of of something maybe a little untoward and not have the players back. It's very difficult, and they're going to get hammered either way. And So I think the best thing for them to do is just to step back, take a breath, and let things play themselves out. If that means they lose Christian Pavone, that would be a huge loss. But if they go the other way and, and, and make the wrong decision, that could that could haunt them for years. Yeah, because imagine, you know, and listen, they there's there's usually morals clauses in contracts that says, you know, if so. So basically you could void a contract if, if something like that could possibly happen. Uh, you may not be able to get the transfer fee back. And if there's a significant transfer fee in this, which it, there, there seems to be, um, you know, then that would be money that you lost. That's a lot of money. The bigger thing is you lose the fans, and that's that's a hundred percent. Just imagine yeah. if if Katai, if they had kept Katai and they played a game in the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement, what the fa- the people listening to us, how would you have felt about that? Yeah, that would have been horrible. And you can't do that. Uh, you know, he's a bad human being, but he, uh, he scores a lot of goals. No, that doesn't work anymore. Not in, in today's environment. Yeah, I, I was going to say there there's in some leagues around the world. Uh, it works uh, not here in, in Major League Soccer. Not in, I would consider any of the major leagues, um, although. You know what? That's not even true all the time. So I won't even make that blanket statement. Not here. Uh, not with the LA Galaxy, uh, a team that talks the talk, and and in the cases where they've been uh, forced to make a decision, they walk the walk. So I mean, you know. uh, Robbie Rogers. I mean, there's another one where the Galaxy, I think, put the, made the right decision on something that maybe could have been looked a little, uh, a little bit controversial. And Robbie Rogers got off to a slow start, turned out to be a great player, yep. but it wasn't, it wasn't all smooth sailing and they took some heat for that, but they did the right thing. You know, um, 
it, they've just got to be careful with this one. They, and they can't afford to get it wrong. Yeah. We've, we've talked a bunch the bottom line with this Pavone situation is it's probably going to be a topic on every show from here on out until a decision, a definitive decision has been made. Uh, we check in on, on time to time to find out what's going on with this, uh, particular rumor. Uh, and you know, I think we gave you a pretty good update on Thursday night. Uh, maybe, you know, in another week, a week and a half, we'll get another update sort of where everything stands and, and where the LA galaxy's mind is. I mean, you know, I was flat out told that there are other options. Uh, they're not, it's not all eggs in the Pavone basket. Um, so that's not happening, Kevin. They're not all, they're not saying, you know, it's Pavone or bust. Uh, no, they have other options. They're exploring those options. And who knows, maybe Giovinco is another option that they're exploring. And maybe he comes in as designated player instead of putting in Pavone. And now you're going to look and try to find, you know, a left wing that's a targeted allocation money player. This is Greg Vanny and Dennis Tecloso trying to put together a competitive roster. Is your, you know, almost almost exclusively. Kevin, is your roster more competitive with Christian Pavone on it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is your, is your roster more competitive with Sebastian Giovinco on it? Yeah. I think that's... that's Probably. Yeah, yeah. So you're there. Is your roster, you know, better with both of them on it? Yes. You know, it's like, it, it's those. And so I think those are the math questions that they are sort of, you know, running around. And again... I don't even think Giovinco is a realistic option at this point. Um, I think it's po it's possible, as you said, but I don't think that's where the LA Galaxy are looking right now. Um, so it's just it's interesting times to sort of see with 10 spots. So basically two thirds of a team is already filled up, Kevin. And with 10 spots, they have a chance to really add, you know, two or three playmakers uh, and starters for this team. And it's funny to see the team being constructed almost from the back forward in terms of the backups and the the MLS journeymen are set and now you need to go out and, and find those playmakers and it's sort of interesting to see it being built that way I feel like they have something in mind as they're going about this but having said that you know I talked about the bond signing and it, it would be nice to say that, you know, that Jonathan Bond was found because, Kevin, they'd been watching Jonathan Bond for years and they were just waiting for him the right moment to get. No, no, he's on a list of people who they keep track of who have, you know, who basically can come in and be domestic players uh, and don't take international slots. And so they have a list and they're tracking that list. But it's not like they they were sitting there, you know, this summer and said, man, I can't wait till we get that Jonathan Bond on the team. Basically, it was, hey, we need a goalkeeper. Uh, you know, it looks like we're going to resign Jonathan Klinsman. So we're going to bring him back. But, you know, we need somebody else who's going to push these two guys. And maybe go, maybe we're going to go younger and, you know, some experience. And you know what? This guy, let's go see if he's available. And as reported in the story that, that I wrote about it is it happened quickly, Kevin. This wasn't a, a thing. They said, hey, West Brom, uh, you know that Jonathan Bond guy? And West Brom's like, yeah, you can have him. <laughs> that was that, that's that's sort of how well, it seemed to go. Where, where are we with Perry Kitchen, by the way? He's just hanging out there, right? So whenever the season, yes, you're correct. He is he is out of contract, um, and the LA Galaxy at one point I think were saying that he was that they were negotiating with him. Um, I'll look to see. Uh, do, 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 out of contract, Perry Kitchen still negotiating. So the LA Galaxy were at least at the time that they were the, released the information uh, about him being out of contract were hopeful or at least saying that they were talking. Um, I think what I've heard on the Perry Kitchen side is that I think Perry would love to come back to the LA Galaxy. Um, I'm sure the LA Galaxy are insisting that he takes a pay cut. That, that seems pretty much anywhere he goes. I think Perry Kitchen will, will probably have to suck back the salary a little bit. I think it was in the 475 range in 2019. 
um, right in that area. And so he's probably has to suck back a little bit there, Kevin, but I think he would love to stay in LA, but he's not married to the idea. He doesn't need to be here and stay in LA and he can go play somewhere else. And MLS is a large league now. And Perry kitchen has tools that other teams will want. So he is available to, to sort of be go kind of where he wants. But I think the LA galaxy are hopeful that, that they can work out a deal to keep them. Because when you look at this team, we talked about the defensive line. I think you have four starters there. There's competition at goalkeeper. Um, and we know Chicharito is up front, either alone or with somebody. Um, but the midfield, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos will be there. You know, he can't count on him for 34 games because of international duty, but his injuries. So you, you kind of need a position and a half with, with Jonathan. You need someone to back him up. I don't think question can play 34 games um you know I, I think he's he's good off the bench and spot starts and things i don't know that he's a guy you can depend on sebastian legette is doing his own thing I, I you know the middle of the field the middle of the midfield to me seems really up in the air if you don't bring perry back i mean there doesn't seem to be that sort of uh, uh hard-nosed defensive holding midfielder type um nor uh, on the other end a playmaker i mean it seems like they need both sides of that triangle yeah, there's there's some midfield stuff that needs to be worked out. Um, that's why I think if you go in there and you get a, you know a central attacking midfielder, some of those things start to work each other work, work themselves out. So uh, you know Jonathan Dos Santos in there, you have a central attacking midfielder in there. Uh, Sebastian Lejet gets put out to the right. You know, if in a perfect world you have uh, you know a left wing that is probably Christian Pavone as as the perfect world. Um, so all of those things, I, you know. The midfield for me is the biggest question mark because it's how do they want to play and how do they want to back up those positions? Because when you're thinking about substitutions, Kevin, the one place where you know you're going to probably sub more than anything is on the wings of the midfield, uh, possibly in the center of midfield, and then on the wings in the defense. Those are usually the places that get subbed the most, although you can certainly sub at striker and some other things, depending on how many subs uh, are allowed, you know, five subs, three subs, you can sort of look at that. So you know, for me, the depth always needs to be in the center of the field in terms of that that midfield is is where where are you going to get minutes? Where are you going to rest guys for minutes? Um, and, and how does that all throw, flow through? And right now, uh, and I think people were right to criticize me uh, on the last show, which was basically, you know, hey, Josh is saying that this team feels mostly unchanged. Kevin, do you feel that sort of way right now? It feels unchanged. There's not a whole bunch of stuff that, that has happened. No, it feels unchanged, but it also feels unsteady. It feels very uncertain. And if you're Dennis and and Greg trying to put this team together, I think there are a lot of things that you look at. One is how many games are we going to play? What's the schedule look like? We don't know. Nope. We don't have a schedule yet. How many are you going to play 34 games? We don't know yet. Are you going to play three games a week like did last year? We don't know yet. What about U.S. Open Cup? We don't know yet. What's your salary situation? Because we have to have a CBA. We don't know yet. When are you going to start the season? We don't know yet. Right. How can you put that team together? Um, it, because you do construct it differently. And I've had this conversation with a lot of MLS people. When they look at the schedule, we've got three trips to the to the East Coast in one month. We know we're going to need depth here. That in, in, in impacts the way they set things up. We've got to go to Houston and Dallas twice in the summer. It, it does. A, it, it may sound minor, but it it impacts every little decision they make. Um, and again, the money thing, and then we don't even know when the season is going to start and how long it's going to be. So that is in addition to when can fans come, because that's where we're going to get our revenue from. Another, uh, you know, 
thing that the teams need to pay attention to. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the interesting thing. Giovinco talk sort of puts you on a whole bu- bunch of different courses here. Uh, whenever you look at it, and 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 how you go, and how the LA Galaxy make those decisions, um, you know, all depends on a whole bunch of things. So. Um, one of the other things, at least some of the news, I know we sort of got through and we talked a little bit about the defense and, and Dan Starris. I just wanted to point out Dan Starris got married. Um, I believe it was over last weekend or it was last week. I don't remember the exact day. Uh, so Dan uh, married uh, uh, Allie. Um, and so now uh, he's 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 done. He's off the market. So um, sometimes that that settles guys, Kevin. Uh, sometimes that uh, that makes them sit back and, and not work as hard. Sometimes it makes guys go crazy and all they want to do is play soccer. So we'll see sort of where that <laughs> Where that sits out, I, I joke on most of that stuff, but yeah, uh, congratulations to the Stereses. Yep. There you go, that's how it is. Um, so yeah, so that, that's where we're at as well. You know, there was another uh, sticking with the defensive theme, and I know we went sideways there for a little bit. Stick it, you know, uh, Ives was reporting that, uh, that center back Tim Parker from New York Red Bulls was being shopped. Uh, there were some rumors that he's been shot basically since summer and that, you know, there are other teams in Major League Soccer who are looking at him. Um, as much as I am a Dan Starris and People Gonzalez are going to save the LA Galaxy in 2021 um, on the defensive side of things, I don't discount the fact that people could disagree with that. And I don't discount the fact that Dennis DeClosa and Greg Vanny might disagree with that and might go out and try to get a big body, you know, starting center back that, that sort of fits in. I don't think Tim Parker is going to be that guy. Um, I think there's some rumors that he could be headed elsewhere within Major League Soccer. But it wouldn't surprise me if the LA Galaxy were at least looking at somebody like Tim Parker. Um, you know where he goes? Where? I think I think he goes to Toronto. He follows Chris Armas to Toronto. That, hey, that could Going happen. Going back to what we talked about before. Same, the, the kind of guy that Toronto's always liked, that Chris Armas likes, um, you know, again, following his coach, a guy that he's had success with, I could see him going to Toronto. I think certainly Toronto will be in those, involved in those conversations. Very interesting. But anyway, that was out there as well. So, I mean, this is this is sort of where we're sitting now with the LA Galaxy. Not too many rumors, at least not ones that we could, you know, get excited about. Um, usually, usually that happens quickly. You, you saw the Jonathan Bond thing. There was a tweet, and, you know, three days later it was basically confirmed. So... Um, we have that stuff and, and it is ready. And I think the LA Galaxy will be making some signings. So I, I think you have to be ready for that. But having said that, Kevin, it feels very quiet and I'm not used to it. I think maybe being this quiet. Do you feel any of that or is it just the the, yeah. the calm before the storm? Uh, it's probably a little bit of both, but uh, it's interesting that the change of coaches because Dennis has said, look, I have connections in Europe. I have connections in Latin America. We're going to continue to look for players everywhere. But it is interesting when Guillermo and Dennis were sort of working together and working, especially that Argentinian connection that, that Guillermo had, we had rumors all the time. And I think that's more a product of the market um, that the Argentine media and, and, and some of the Latin American media were much more in tune to this uh, rumor mill thing than perhaps some of the other places. I mean, I, I for one, you're talking about Giovinco coming from Saudi Arabia. I, I don't know a lot of Saudi Arabian soccer reporters right. that I can check in with. Um, and so you just sim- simply don't hear the rumors coming out of that part of the world like you do from Latin America. Uh, and then the MLS rumors, everybody in MLS is just like us. You know, it's a total blackout. The teams don't talk. You're trying to figure it out. Um, so I, in a sense, yeah, it, it's 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 weird because it is so silent. But then when you look at why that might be the case, uh, with the exception of Pavone, 
I don't know that the galaxy have anything going on in Latin America. I, I wouldn't even know where to start trying to track some of these rumors. Yeah, it's uh, again, uh, by if you go to the uh, the corner of the galaxy discord, they're always throwing out crazy rumors that I've never heard of and nor could I ever pretend. And, and a lot of it is just wouldn't it be nice if the LA galaxy got this person? Yeah, cool. So um, there's a lot of that stuff. If you like to hypothesize, uh, sometimes that's right. Sometimes Kevin guesses Chicharito and it's Chicharito. Um, I always get, yeah, I was bound to get it right eventually. That's it. If you keep, it's just, it's like if you're, if you're going to uh, and playing, uh, playing roulette, right? You just like red, you know, black 21. I don't know if black. Well, you, you try to make logical, uh, you know, uh, logical decisions or, or logical inferences from this stuff. And a lot of the times it's right, like the Giovinco thing, it all fits together. That doesn't mean it'll happen, but it means it fits together. So then back up and say, if in the weeks before it happened, if someone said, we're going to get Ashley Cole and Nigel DeYoung. No, we're not. We don't even have a DP. Yeah. But when they, when they, when they got, uh, when the Galaxy signed um, Gio Dos Santos, there were no... There were no designated player spots open, and people were saying Gio De Santos is coming. No, he's not. That doesn't make any sense. And then the idea of Zlatan. That one we were on a little bit because they had been trying that for years. Right. So that one we kind of already been conditioned to believe. But if if that one like Steven Gerrard just came out of nowhere, Steven Gerrard, the Liverpool captain, English national team captain, is coming to the Galaxy. No, he's not. And sure enough. He comes. So th- that's the one thing with the Galaxy. You know, FC Cincinnati doesn't have these problems. Um, anybody who's anybody that wants to come to MLS, the Galaxy wind up in that conversation. Sometimes it comes through. Sometimes it doesn't. Remember, you know, Frank Lampard was supposed to come here. Bruce Arena is still upset about that. Yep. The Galaxy had Frank Lampard, and MLS stepped in and said, no, he's going to go to New York City, and he's going to go on loan to Manchester City first. Uh, that was a league decision. But that, again, was another situation where – I want to come to MLS. Oh, uh, I'll go to that team in LA because they seem to be really good and they seem to have uh, everything figured out. And, and nice weather. Um, that, and nice weather. That usually does it as well. All right, let's talk about possibly the most interesting part of this podcast. This is this is the part where everybody's gonna their jaws will drop. They will they will start their their hands will start you know ticking with excitement. Uh, they won't be able to sit still. We are going to talk about the MLS Super Draft. Whoa. Whoa, you know what I have to say about that? What? Yellow card, which you can't really see because the closer you get it to the light, it turns white. There you go. There, yes, yeah, card. there we go. So, so the yellow card. Yeah, um, it's going to happen the day after the inauguration. So, I mean, really, the inauguration Joe is... Biden wanted to get the inauguration out of the way. He said, I got to be in front of the TV for that super draft. Yeah, yeah. Joe's opening for the super draft. That's what's happening uh, on this. It's like a festival calendar. Uh, the first day, eh, no. Nah, you want to be there the second day. That's when it's happened. So, MLS super draft. Here's the thing. Uh, used to be three rounds. Now it's four rounds. Um, all three rounds will be included in the draft. I think sometimes we do two rounds, and then, you know, it's the supplemental draft, and however else they want to name it, and into all these different things. Uh, uh, 175 players eligible. I saw the list of players uh, being I don't scout college soccer or some of the fringes of where they find some of these guys. I have no idea if any of them are any good. Um, the LA Galaxy themselves uh, will have will. So basically, the first pick goes to uh, Austin FC as the expansion team. Uh, they'll get the first pick and then it's the next eight teams who didn't make the playoffs. Guess what? There were only eight. Teams. Yeah, I was going to say there were only eight teams that didn't make the playoff. Uh, the LA Galaxy were one of them. Uh, however, they don't get one of the first eight picks. And the reason was they actually traded that that first eighth pick uh, with 
Portland. And so basically they swap picks. Yes. Which shows you just how much the draft means. They were really, really excited about that first round. So, so Portland gets the eighth overall eighth uh, pick in the first round. The LA Galaxy will swap picks with them and get the 16th overall pick in the first round. So uh, the LA Galaxy will get one pick in the first round, one pick in the second round, one pick in the third round. Uh, sometimes they trade out of those. So you never know if that's really the, the case. Uh, they'll get the eighth pick in the second round and the eighth pick in the third round. So the 35th overall and the 62nd overall pick for the LA Galaxy. Now, there is one change this year, and I don't know how it's going to affect the draft because I haven't seen the list of players. I know it's out there. I just <laughs> haven't seen it. Um, remember, COVID shut down a lot of spring uh, spring sports or sports that were supposed to be spring sports. For example, the Big West Conference, which is UC Santa Barbara, um, you know, Cal State Fullerton, they are not going to have soccer this season. They're, they're going to go a full, I think, uh, 16, 18 months without soccer. That means a lot of players that were seniors did not come back for their senior year, and they have declared for the draft when otherwise they may not have been eligible. So there are a number of – not a huge number, but there are some players that are going to be uh, in the draft that uh, otherwise would have waited a year, would not be you know, uh, available for selection this year. I don't know how much that changes anything, but it does – deepen the talent pool a little bit. And these will be guys too, that if they don't go in, uh, in the draft that they'll be able to sign as, I, I guess you could sign as a free agent or, or just come to camp. Yeah. Try out. I mean, if you're not drafted and, and you, you don't, yeah, then you, you can just come to camp. You can find a place. Uh, there's some USL guys in here. Um, some generation Adidas, as we've talked about before. And the other thing I have four pages um, if you're watching the video, I have four pages of, of player names here with about 50 player players on each one. Like I said, 175 is is the total um, number of players that are that are going to be in this pool this time. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Kevin, we kicked it around a little bit beforehand, and I'm sure we could we could we could go deeper on the dive. But I sort of wanted to do this off of memory more than anything because I think that's how you can you can tell the best about whether things have actually happened. But I mean. Look at draft picks for the LA Galaxy in recent time. Um, they, they, tell, tell me somebody who stuck out and who that who was a really important draft pick for the LA Galaxy. You know, where, where do you have to go? You have to go to what? What'd you say? What year? Two thousand nine, I think it was AJ and and Omar Gonzalez. Those were the ones that made the impact. They came in the same draft. Tommy Meyer drafted a couple years later. Had some good games, had parts of good seasons, but never really developed into i think what the galaxy thought he was going to be and he, he wound up going to another team um interesting though when you look at those three guys and those are sort of the three guys that we've decided those are the guys that that we think of when we think yeah, of the draft. yeah let, let me defenders yeah i was gonna say defenders not only that let me clear up though because people and i know this i see this all the time they're like well we got jossie's artists in the draft no you did not and and i it was funny because somebody uh in the discord says no, no no i remember he said my skills are gonna blow your mind i'm like yep said it at the draft was not a draft picked uh, actually was a homegrown player for the LA Galaxy, had played the requisite minutes to be able to be considered a homegrown player. The Galaxy signed him as homegrown. Then he went to the draft in order to be interviewed because he would have been a high round draft pick if he had gone to the draft. And so they decided to throw him there. And that's where he said skills were going to blow your mind. Sorry, I didn't mean to, 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 to yeah. yeah, go ahead. Defenders. But yeah, we're talking about defenders. That's sort of been our fallback situation with this show. When we talk about American players, for whatever reason, there's just prejudice that American players are defenders, uh, sometimes goalies, and guys who actually play with the ball at their feet and score goals and, and make a lot of money 
there are always foreign players or, you know, and DPs. There are exceptions. Yes. You know, Jordan Morris, who now is going to the premier league. There are some exceptions, but for the most part, that's kind of the way it breaks down. And I think you're going to see that tomorrow. You're going to see a lot uh, or next week in the draft, you're going to see uh, a lot of defenders and a lot of holding midfielders, a lot of those offensive linemen, you will of soccer and the glory positions will go to guys that are brought in from abroad. Yeah, uh, that's going to change, by the way. We're starting to see that change right now, Kevin, which is, uh, you know, you're starting to see guys um, who uh, who are at the skill positions and playing overseas and being the goal scorers and all that stuff. That the the uh, I think we at least have to acknowledge the changing of the guard that is happening. Uh, imagine that one day uh, in, in the very far off future, you're going to have somebody like Christian Pulisic coming back possibly to Major League Soccer to end his career. Um, well, Matthew Hopp was going to go to San Diego State mm-hmm. and wound up going to the Bundesliga, and now it's four goals in two games for Schalke. Is that crazy? Um, it, it, I mean, it, it. That's where this is a topic for another hundred shows, but that's the situation Major League Soccer is in right now. The best players, the Josh Sargents, the Christian Pulisics, um, they are going to Europe, uh, and then the guys that stay back here, Major League Soccer looks at the defensive midfielders and, and defenders. There has to be somebody fill that gap. There has to be someone that's not that's very talented offensive player, but maybe not on the, the radar of a Bundesliga team that can come and make a an impact in MLS. Those guys have to be out there because we know there's some really good college programs that have players like that. Why aren't they getting the chance? Why aren't they being developed? I I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I, I just can't believe that those players do not exist. Uh, interesting times where we're all at. Again, uh, MLS uh, Super Draft happens on January 21st. Um, so coming up a little bit later this week, uh, you can find it at MLSsoccer.com. They'll have the coverage for you. If you're really just dying to see the LA Galaxy draft somebody like Tom Smart again and then not sign him. Um, so that's that's sort of where you're at. I, I think that I think if, the, you're, if you're paying a lot of attention to this draft, get yourself some help. Um, <laughs> talk to some somebody. Um, you I, know. I think the usefulness of this draft outside of probably the top four picks is, is pretty much done. Um, I, I just let these guys just be free agents. Let people find them. Let I mean, maybe there's some some advantage to you know the scouting and combines. And I don't even think there is a combine this year because they didn't want to put that together. And you know, I think the NFL just got rid of their combine again this year, and they're just doing pro days at, at the different things. Let- well, they did have a combine this year. It was in Kansas City. It was in November. They played three games. That the combine for MLS. Um, I think they do have other things to the combine. But for the most part, it's uh, scouts going. They watch you play three games, and it wasn't called an MLS combine. Kansas City hosted it. There was some other event there, um, and MLS scouts went. So it was a combine, but it wasn't, it wasn't a, combine. a combine. Yeah. But your point is is really good. Um, the EPL doesn't have a draft. Bundesliga doesn't have a draft. This is one of those things where um, U.S. Soccer said, "Well, you know, in, in the American major, all the American major leagues, we have a draft, and we have colleges here." which they don't have in Europe that play soccer. So we need to have a draft. We need to sort of mimic that thing. I think some of those things work well. I love the playoffs. It is an American thing. I think it works really well. I love the fact that you can finish eighth in your conference and still have a chance to win. That sort of fits the the, the American way that we look at sports, where it's all or nothing in Europe. I'm not so sure the draft necessarily fits there. I, I think you're right. Let, let these guys go and, you know, the UCLA guys would all go to LAFC or Galaxy probably, you know. Um, you know, it, 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 we get a shot at those guys first and 
I'm just not sure the draft is serving its purpose, I guess. Well, and with the the advent of, you know, one of the biggest sort of reasons not to entertain the draft anymore, Kevin, is if you're the L.A. Galaxy, do you want to sign some guy from college who's going to get in the way of your development stream from your academy, from USL to, you know, from USL all the way up to the LA Galaxy? I mean, if you sign a guy, like let's say you sign Tom Smart, who's a defender, does he get in the way of somebody like Julian Araujo, who you have been developing and moving forward and doing that stuff? I mean, the counter argument to that is good talent. You want good talent on your team and it shouldn't matter where it comes from. But you have you have these development, you know, aisleways or pathways that you have established and if you're an academy player and you see the Galaxy going to the draft and signing some people and sort of inserting them in ahead of you, which is going to happen throughout the professional career anyway, but it is a little more disheartening on some of that stuff. Um, and then the other reason the draft still sticks around is, is still single entity um, argument where teams aren't competing against each other for players, right? But that's gone out the window so many times for such a long time. I've, I honestly believe that if anybody was to sue Major League Soccer under the single entity rule anymore, uh, the MLS would, would probably not even take that to court and just say that they're not a single entity anymore. Um, yeah, that's uh, outlived its usefulness. But, you know, back in the day when the league first started, all the players were coming out of college. Even the coaches, Ziggy, came out of UCLA. All the top players were coming out of UCLA. And you saw that for a long time. Um, there are still a lot of players in the league now who uh, came out of college, but it's more and more, as you said, going to the development academies, whether it's the Galaxy's own academy or in the case of Julian Araujo, came out of the Barcelona Academy in, in Arizona. Um, there are exceptions. Uh, Jordan Morris, again, Stanford. Christian Roldan played at UW. Um, there are, you know, Jesse's artist played Bakersfield. There are exceptions, right. but it's it's getting to be more and more of a development academy situation. But you do have to have some sort of a safety valve for these college players. There's a lot of guys that at 17 or 18 may not have developed uh, their soccer acumen, their soccer skills. They go to college and then they become great players. What are you going to do? Just say, sorry, we don't have any place for you here in MLS because we've got development academies. Jordan Morris can't make an MLS team. Of course he can. Yeah. I mean, you know, the only argument I would make is that the college game needs to mimic the real game. Now Um, it's time for that to happen. And it's, and, but quite honestly, soccer should be one of those year round sports in a lot of places too. Um, There's a reason that you play year round, you know, in, uh, in uh, all around the world. I mean, most guys are playing every single month, even if whenever they're off, they're still playing and finding games and and staying in shape. And and for college, the season is short um, because it's usually crammed into a semester uh, and it's a fall sport or it's, you know, a spring sport. And I don't even remember how it is, but bottom line is that calendar is not lining up. And I know a lot of college coaches have been fighting for it to, to start being the same calendar with Kevin, the same rules as FIFA rules as well. Maybe a clock that doesn't count down either. I mean, if you've ever been to a college soccer game, there's some weird things that go on. If you're used to just, you know, the world's game as it goes. So I think it's time to fold all that together. If you want to use colleges in that way, they should be playing the same game. And I think right now you're not always seeing, you know, those players playing the same game or, or in the, the same intensity. Um, and you're getting a lot of younger players, 15 and 16 years old who are playing in professional games, um, you know, at the USL level. And so you have to understand that development and what's happening there too. I have no problems with college players. I just don't know that the draft and is really the place that they need to be in order to be acquired if they're any good, uh, you know, for for a, a major league soccer team. And I would, I think, the fun game to play for the for this MLS Super Draft is um, is is take a drink every time somebody passes on a pick in the third round because usually that that's going to happen. Somebody's going to pass um, in the third round, and so uh, you know, stay safe, no alcohol poisoning. You know, it does work in NWSL, which of course is a whole different animal, but. 
the draft uh, draft can work in soccer, but that the w- women's game right now doesn't have those development academies. When they get that, it'll be a different ball of wax. All right. Well, that's sort of where we sit right now with the LA Galaxy. Uh, Kevin, is there anything else that you want to discuss at all? Uh, yeah, a lot of things, but not on this show. But not on the show. So we're, we're done for the night. All right, good. I'm glad we could. Uh, we, we kind of almost made it through. Um, so do you think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to have a like draft pool that they're going to go over? Uh, yeah, no, no. I think I think they're just going to let it go. All right. Uh, as all of you should do to this show at this point. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com where you can find all of Kevin's wonderful articles, all of his writing. Go ahead. Find that there. Uh, Kevin Baxter at kbaxter11. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have our transaction and signing tracker is up so you can keep track of this LA Galaxy roster. All right. That does it for us tonight on this wonderful Monday night. Uh, for Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.